Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. One, two, three. It's a hard next life. It is a hard next life. A hard next life. Oh, it's a hard next life. It's a hard next life. It is a hard next life. A hard next life. Oh, it's a hard next What up, Knicks fans, and what is up, Barry motherfucking D? Barry, let me rephrase that, Barry. Barry, he's got that motherfucking COVID, D. It got me. You tested positive. Yeah. The whole house is under quarantine. Yes. You look, Jay, am I wrong that he looks fantastic right now? He's got a fresh <laughs> haircut. Did you get a haircut before you tested positive or after? No, this is uh, two weeks ago I got this oh, haircut. Oh, it say, looks like, brand did you new. you call the barber? <laughs> like, I better get one haircut in before everyone knows I'm positive. <laughs> and then good day to Jay, a.k.a. Blanderson Hooper, who some listeners, they're pumped about these two wins, and they're saying they want to hear Blanderson motherfucking Hooper, so let him have it, Blandy. Hey, <laughs> how are you, Craig? Is that, is that some energy? <laughs> what was what was that? That was like I don't a know. I just cowboy. was trying to was trying to give some energy there. <laughs> uh, good maybe. day to you, Craig. There you go. Oh wow, that's is like that a, good. Is that your newsman voice? That should be your newsman voice. No, I if you if you'd like, it could be my newsman voice. <sighs> well, since Blandy is so fucking bland, Barry, how are you doing? A little tired, but I think it's just because I'm. With which Blanderson just told me I'm not supposed to. I'm like laying down all day, but he said I'm not supposed to do that. No, sit up. You're supposed to sit up and sleep on your side. Okay, uh, noted, noted. But yeah, three of my coworkers got it last week on um, Wednesday. So I went and I got a test on Thursday. I got up at like eight o'clock in the morning. I waited online for like 50 minutes at a city MD. They took my info and then they texted me like a few hours later to go back and I tested negative. But then on Friday night, I was feeling achy. And on Saturday morning, I woke up with a little bit of a fever. So I was like, oh, here we go. So I knew, all right, I got to get online again really early. And it was like raining that morning. So I went by my house. I got there like an hour and a half before they opened. There was already a few people there, but they were like, no, there's a sign-in sheet on the door. So on the door, they had like the, you know, the city MD letterhead and they had names and phone numbers. And, and it was really nice. On the top, it said, just sign in here. This way you don't have to wait in the cold and you could stay dry in your car. So I signed my name. I like live five minutes away from there. So I was figured it would work the same way as last time. They'll text me when they're ready. So it's like 1030. I don't get a text or anything. So I called them up. Long, I said, This is a long fucking story. Here. No, there's a payoff. So I called oh, them up. I said, look, am I doing the right thing? Am I supposed to be waiting for the phone call? Because I put my name on that list. And they said, oh, no, that list wasn't real. A, a patient put it on the door. They took it upon themselves to do that. What? We can't abide by that list. That was not a real thing. I was like, well, you know, I, I was there at like 740. They're like, well, you would have been like the 15th person tested, but, you know, now we're all booked up. I was like, I've got symptoms. Can't you like squeeze me in? Like, no, we're already... Book to capacity. I'm so because sorry. Because the first test you took was a rapid test. Yes. And you were negative. And then this was to go for another rapid test. This was to go for another rapid test because I didn't have symptoms the first time. Okay. So anyway, I was I lucky enough. I was able accurate. to get it. I was able to get an appointment later in the day at a different place. And yeah, I tested uh, positive with that rapid test. I, I had 101 fever in the uh, doctor's office. So now, but have you gotten the real test yet? Well, no, they only were going to send in the real test if I showed up negative. Like they say, if you have symptoms and the rapid comes up negative, then they find it fishy and they'll send it in for the real one. So if you have symptoms and it comes back positive, they're confident it's positive? Yeah, they're confident. I mean, she before the results came back, she's like, you probably have it, you know, just because like of how hot I was, I guess. But, you know, the next morning I had a little bit of fever. It was gone by like the afternoon. Same thing this morning. I woke up with a little bit of fever, then it was gone. So I feel okay. You know, I got my smell, I got my taste, all that stuff. There you go. And you're doing the show. I'm doing the show. Thank you. Guys, wherever you listen to the show, remember to leave us a five-star rating and or positive review. And please, 
subscribe to The One Podcast. The One Podcast where its co-host like Barry, motherfucking D, is literally putting his children at risk right now <laughs> just to record this show because he's recording it. wouldn't it be the first time. From it's not. It is certainly not the first time. You got the wood floors, right, Jay? That he That's kept true. his family in for how long, Barry? That's right. Uh, it was like seemed like months, four days or something. But you didn't do that for the podcast. That's yeah, just he just did because you know he just didn't care about the health and safety of his children. <laughs> Here we are insulting Barry. Yeah, right I, off the start yeah. of the show, which makes for a great show. Let's yeah, I'm in it. a non-quarantine room right here. This is like one of the rooms I'm not supposed to be in, technically. Right, he's, in, he, he's recording, he's spitting his bars right now, all night, in the room where his kids will be quarantining all week away from I him. was going to wear a mask, but when I wear the mask, it muffles my voice, so I, I don't want to wear it. Oh, well, that's you. I hope you clean mask. down that whole room when you're all done. I got, I got the Lysol right next to me. Yeah, I'm gonna, you better. I'm gonna, I'm oh, sure. He's cleaning crazy. down the room that he's sitting underneath the fucking piles of rat shit right now, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> Where the last time I was in there, he was showing me the bouncy ball his kids play with, and it was rolling around in rat poop. <laughs> there's a, it's a whole, there's a lot of questionable shit going on in that room right now. COVID might be the least dangerous thing <laughs> happening in there. <laughs> well, the, the, the positive of covid is that i got to see two knicks games that normally i would have been at work you know because they were two back-to-back day games so there's a plus and there are two wins all right barry please tell me that this that this recent knicks win streak has put you back in a little bit of a win streak when it comes to making us some money for those courtside seats no no okay (laughs) what are you betting on this week barry so i came across a couple of cool things you could bet on political stuff on betonline.ag as well. So you Mm. can bet on who you think the Democratic nominee will be in 2024. You can bet if you think Joe Biden will be impeached. You can bet if you think he'll finish his term. You can bet if you think Melania will file for a divorce by November of 2021. Oh, that's a So there's a lot of fun things to uh, to bet on there. Do you know what the odds are on that? Melania files for divorce by November 4, 2021. Yes is plus 160. No is minus 225. So the odds yeah. are that she will file. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're pretty much. That's not some good money. That's not good money there at all. Easy money, though. All right, guys. So if you want to bet on that or the Super Bowl that's coming up or anything else, head to betonline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, guys, what a fucking roller coaster this season has been so far. We had lost five in a row after we won three in a row, and now we're back on the winning streak in the middle of a two-game winning streak following a huge win in Boston on Sunday, blowout win, led by 17-8 and eight from Emmanuel Quickly, Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett playing really well, both with double-doubles, some great D holding Boston to 75 points on Thibodeau's birthday, and then on MLK Day... We pulled out a nail-biter in a fucking really ugly game against Orlando. R.J. Barrett leading the Knicks to their second in a row. Before we get to talking more about these games, Barry, you are probably the biggest fan of of all of us, of Cole Anthony's game. All right, Greg Anthony's son. We got to see him at MSG wearing the number 50 that Greg used to wear. After seeing him today, do you still feel the same way about him? Hell no. After, After we've been watching quickly for all this time, are you kidding me? Of course not. What a blessing. Cole did not do much. What, what was he? Uh, two for 12, six points. It's amazing how much better Emmanuel looks. And we had no idea who Emmanuel even was before that draft. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we were talking about Cole Anthony. Everyone was talking about Cole Anthony. But yeah, speaking of Emmanuel quickly, he's back on track these past few games. He's got that floater working. Only got 15 minutes against Orlando because for whatever reason, the team fucking happened to be playing better when Elf- whenever Alfred was in the game. Yeah, this particular game quickly was a minus 13, which was yeah, a team very low str- in those very 15 strange. minutes. And meanwhile, Alfred was a plus 20, a team high in his time. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm pretty confident that that was just coincidence with whoever Alfred was playing with at the time. Because when Emmanuel's out there, when he was out there in the first half and these past few games, especially the past two games, he is basically scoring a mi- a point for every minute he's out there. He's so effective. And that floater is, it's just crazy how unstoppable that is and how pinpoint he is with it. Yeah, it's it's, it's pretty impressive. It, it never hits anything but the net. Like you said, Barry, he was minus 13 against Orlando, but against Boston, he was plus 20. He had 17 points, eight assists. 
against Orlando. He had 11 points, two assists. Did those 11 points all come in the first half really quickly today, right? Didn't they? Yeah, really quickly. And then that was it for the rest of the game. He only played 15 minutes in that game. But he's back on the rise after a few games where he, you know, since he came back before that, since he came back from the injury, he was struggling, as was RJ Barrett the last time we spoke. But Emmanuel has been playing really well. A lot of people have been talking about how much we should regret not drafting Tyrese Halliburton. But dude, quickly is having just as, in my opinion, just as good of a year. He's just not getting the minutes that Halliburton's getting, which is making him put up some bigger numbers. So we touched upon, um, you know, Alfred Payton. In that Orlando game. Read me his, uh, you, you got his line in front of you? 12 points, 6 of 11 from the field, 2 boards, 4 assists, 2 steals, plus 20. You know the best thing about that stat line, and you didn't even mention it? Zero three-point attempts. He knows his, he's getting to know his role, maybe. That was the best thing I saw from him. I don't need him chucking the ball up from the arc when you know it's not going in 75% of the time. Yeah, you know, it's weird. His offensive game, it's like the opposite of Emmanuel Quickly's. Emmanuel can shoot from from range, right? He gets in close. He's really smooth with the floaters. And then Alfred Payton is okay when he when he, he can shoot a jump shot from within like from like ten to fifteen feet away. You know, he can throw it down in close. He doesn't mind getting in really close. Emmanuel's either shooting from three or he's taking a floater from like 10 feet away. They're totally different games. Thibodeau, you know, a lot of people want to see Alfred just go away or go to the bench, but Thibodeau's a big fan of Peyton. Well, Thibodeau made the right move, you know, against Orlando. Say what you want. You know, you wanted to see quickly out there. He, it's, As far as I'm concerned, it was the right move for this game, for this particular game. Yeah, even after the Boston game, they asked Thibodeau about quickly and Peyton. And Thibodeau was saying, you know, he's a big fan of both of their games. He's a big fan of Alfred's size, his defense. And he's obviously a big fan of quickly. He doesn't view Alfred as as struggling at all. He he views him for the things that he's good at, and he views quickly for what he's good at. And they're two very different players. Alfred drives most Knicks fans crazy when he's in the game. Like, I'm not criticizing Thibodeau for starting Alfred over quickly, because I understand what Alfred brings that quickly doesn't. Blanderson, what's today's date? Just mark this down when, when this doesn't bother Craig that Alfred's <laughs> starting over quickly because I give it about two more weeks. <laughs> no, trust me. Trust me. I, I, it bothers me a little bit every day. I would rather start quickly. When Frazier, when Clyde says during the game, he's like, oh, it doesn't matter who starts, it's who finishes. I fucking hate that fucking line. That's not true. You start your best players. You can't just always say it doesn't matter who starts, it's who finishes. You want your best players to start and fucking finish the game. <laughs> All right? Why not? <laughs> right. You want your best players to start the game so you don't have to start every game in a fucking hole and that gives you the best chance to win. Don't just keep saying it's who finishes the game. Let your starters, your starters are supposed to finish the game. They're not supposed to be worse than the guys coming off the bench. And Thibodeau's excuse is always, well, it's more about the lineups, who plays well together. But I mean, how can you argue that that's a good lineup when there's no shooting in it? You know, and I know we're still waiting for some guys to get back, but... You know, that's what quickly is going to bring you, which is, you know, you would imagine it's only a boost for that starting five. You look at who's starting for the Knicks and it's Randall, Bullock, Robinson, Peyton, and Barrett. And there's really, besides Bullock, there's no outside shooting there you can depend on. So that's why people want quickly. Right. And Bullock this season, he can't always depend on. He's been so inconsistent. He's not, I think he's shooting what, 31% or something like that from three? Yeah, and he was four for 11 today, two for eight. All right. You guys want to hear a really cool and... I guess I would say an optimistic stat. Oh, jeez. Out of all <laughs> players averaging at least two three-point attempts per game, the Knicks have two of the top four in the highest three-point percentage. And is Burks included in this? Yep. Or is... Yeah, because... Uh, How's he... Incl- he played three games. Yeah, but he averaged more than two three-point attempts per game. That was my I qualifier. So anyway, games. the answer is Alec Burks and Frank Nilakina. And yeah, <laughs> Alec Burks, listen. Okay. Well, what listen, a great though. fucking stat. It is, though. Alec Burks played three games. He was 10 for 15 in those three games, 66.7% three-point yeah, yeah. And it just goes to show you how we miss him. And plus, he averaged over 20 points a game for those three games, which is nuts. Frank Nelikina, he played four games, uh, 55.6% from three. All right. Well, Five for nine. I know. Very, very Frank small is, sample Frank size, is fucking missing. The Alec point is, Burks is supposed to come back any day. Yeah. Hopefully, these guys can uh, can come back and add to this team, bring some shooting to this team. Oh, Frank's going to bring some shooting to this team? Uh, he can. You don't see a world. You don't see a, he Look, he was getting playing time at the beginning of the season where uh, DSJ was not. You know, so who's, why would 
You never Why would know. He get sidelined? It's just funny that now we're depending on Frank to bring shooting back to this team. That's all. Well, hey, not, we're depending on Knox for shooting, aren't we? When Knox comes in off the bench, it's to provide three-point shooting. That's his role now. Kevin! Of course. And yeah, he's doing that's his fantastic. Role. When he's out no. there and he's not taking some threes, I, I get frustrated because that yeah. is your fucking role. Well, I, I think Breen said today that he is first on the team in threes made and he's like eighth in minutes. Right. Well, he got shy of 10 minutes against Orlando. He's not getting a lot of minutes. You're right. And you would think now with Burks out, this these would be the times that he is getting the minutes. Yeah, he had 10, 10 minutes today. I mean, that's crazy. Well, let's talk about someone who's getting a shit ton of minutes. He was ice cold the last time we spoke, but RJ Barrett is now all of a sudden playing well again. He's got back-to-back double-doubles. He had a huge game against Orlando, especially huge because there was not a lot to talk about offensively. He had 22 points, 10 rebounds, four assists, nine for 19 from the field, 0 for three from three, but he had at least a couple that went in and out. He has scored... 19 plus points in seven of his last 10 games. He had 19, 11, and three against Boston in the second half against Orlando, guys. I don't know if you know, I'm sure you noticed, but he should have had like eight to nine points right within two minutes of the third quarter that I think all but two of them got wiped out for mysterious offensive foul calls, <laughs> travels. Yeah, the refs today were not so great. But he he could have ended up with 30 plus points. He played really well. And it's just amazing because the last time we spoke, he was ice fucking cold. And Knicks fans and NBA fans around the league started calling him a bust again. He's got this up and down streaky nature to his game. But you can never count this kid out. Because now he might have been looking miserable for three games, but seven out of his last 10 games, 19 plus points. That's pretty consistent for a 20-year-old player in this league. Barry, did you have you liked what you've seen from RJ? Yeah, I have. And, you know, we're not looking at a finished product here, which is what's so enticing about this kid because what he's able to do on the court, and he's still, not that he looks raw, but he, he doesn't have like a graceful athletic ability to him, in my opinion, but he's strong, he's powerful, he knows where he's got to be on the court, um, he doesn't let things ruffle his feathers, um, and the fact that this is a year that he's using to kind of craft his game and to continue learning, and now with the expertise of the coaching staff that he has behind him, I mean, I think we're... As much of a, 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 a of an, as an increase to his game as we saw from his rookie year to this year, I think you're going to see even more of an elevation to next year, which is really exciting because of the numbers he's putting up now. He is the youngest player on the Knicks. Is that wrong? No, that is right. He's 20. Emmanuel Quickly's a year older than him. Let's remember, we are just 15 games into this season. We are 7-8, and eight, and this is RJ's second year, and he may have had a few games where he's struggled, but he's going to get better as this season goes on. This is a 20-year-old at the very beginning of his second season. No real preseason, you know, no summer league for him, which I think a 20-year-old probably would go to. They're depending on him. He's he's tied for second with Randall in minutes played this year or in minutes per game. They're depending on their youngest player. And I mean, he's impressing me with, with just how he's playing through cold streaks. He doesn't let anything bother him. He he's looks looking like better a, from the free throw he, line. He's doing great from the free throw line. I'm telling you, he is. Not, I can't believe that people call him a bust ever. Because he's not Zion and he's not John Morant. So he's going to be compared to the two of them forever. You're right, Barry. Great, graceful, though, is, is not like a word that you would use when you watch him out there. You know, Right. He's a little choppy yeah. with his dribble. Oh, well, if we've learned one thing over these past couple games, he's got to work on his handle and and his ISO play and trying to take guys off the dribble because late in games, you want to depend on a guy like that. And against... Against Cleveland, he went against like Cleveland. around his back through his yeah. legs and it hit Andre Drummond's foot. Right. Twice he lost it to Andre Drummond. He should be able to get by Andre Drummond. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But it's like, <laughs> when do they call a kickball and when do they not call a kickball? If a player intentionally, I guess, goes to block it with his foot, it's a kickball. But if it gets dribbled off the player's foot, then it's not a kickball? If you make a kicking motion, okay, they call it. Unless you're RJ... Dribbling it off of Andre Drummond's foot. <laughs> no, but RJ looked great in that fourth quarter against Orlando. Like you said, uh, a couple of strong moves. That fast break that he had with a minute left or, you know, how much time is left to uh, to put them ahead a little bit more. Um, yeah, he had a big, he had a big, re- he had a big rebound. 
and put back a lot of rebounds game. this game. Yep, it's been yeah, a strong double double this today game. and and yesterday. Yeah, he had six points in that fourth quarter, and you know, again, this was a these were back to back games. He's playing a ton of minutes. He played twenty nine against Boston. Thibodeau went a, for Thibodeau standards. He went pretty easy on the team in the game against Boston. I mean, it makes sense because we won by thirty points. So it would be crazy if he was playing those guys forty minutes. But Barrett played 29 minutes in that game, followed it up today against the Magic with 38. Randall had 39. Um, guys, also against Orlando, Julius Randall. Let's talk about him. He struggled for most of the game, but he turned it on late, finished with 21 points, 17 rebounds, plus 15 in the game. Only one assist, but this was like heading to be towards his worst game of the year and he still finished with 21 and 17 that's the kind of year he's having right yeah he just did not shoot well yeah he couldn't get the ball through the hoop he finished two of six from three five of 19 from the field obviously it wasn't going in for him but those if if his off games are going to look like this i'll take it and the fact that we won a game against orlando which we blew you know 14 point lead it was kind of tough to watch that but the team shot 35% from the field in that game. 18% from three. Just 15 assists in the game to 18 for Orlando. Orlando shot shot dreadful. I think Mike Vorkanov today, after the game, I don't have the most up-to-date stats because games are happening right now, but he was saying that the Knicks are now number one in opponent field goal percentage. They are. And I think they're one or two in three-point opponent three-point percentage. They're number one in field goal percentage, number one in opposing teams' three-point percentage, and they're number one in opponents' points per game. Take that for data. And look, I, I understand that like a lot of these teams that we've been playing of late, they're missing wide-open shots, you know, and it looks like they're just putting on a bad shooting performance. But I mean, at what point do you say, okay, it's not a coincidence? You know, part of this has got to be attributed to the Knicks' defense. You know, and again, larger sampler size will help. Orlando didn't play yesterday, right? I mean, so the Knicks had the back-to-back, but Orlando didn't. So, I mean, you know, it's not like they're a great team, but they were shooting bricks the whole game on both sides. The shooting was horrendous. Yeah. Yeah, but you're right, Barry. At some point, you got to give the Knicks some credit. And they're just going after it defensively. They're rotating properly. They're they're quick. They're diving after loose balls. You see guys hitting the floor. They're playing hard defensively. And it's not a fucking coincidence that the Knicks are number one in field goal percentage for their yeah. opponent. And you're hearing or, them talk about it. one in three-point percentage. You know, in post-game pressers, you're hearing them all, you know, iterate the same things that you hear Thibodeau talk about, where, you know, the shots are, aren't always going to be there, but your defense can be. Your rebounding can be. That's stuff that you can control. And if you do those types of things, there's no reason why it shouldn't keep you in these games. And you can see he gets really angry on the sideline. If even if it's yeah. like, you know, if there if it's like five really great possessions, defensive stops or whatever in a row, and then next time down the cl- court somebody screws up a rotation or something, like he he is not happy. Yeah, and that's the other thing that he, you know, uh that, that Randall said that he's, you know, really teaching them is that every possession counts. You know, and, and, you know, you look at these games that come close down the wire and that's something that you got to remember. Yeah, I've heard multiple players say in these press conferences that Thibodeau doesn't let them relax. He doesn't let them take a playoff, right. you know, and that that is great to hear that because obviously players are going to naturally do that at some point. It's hard to keep it going, but you got a coach on the sideline that will not let you slow down, Yeah, that will not yeah. let you relax. He's always in your ear. He... Yeah, he's exactly what we fucking needed. Yeah, how many times have we seen that where they take plays off and then one just blends into another, blends into another, and then all of a sudden you watched, you know, eight minutes of a quarter where the Knicks just were like asleep the whole time. You know, we've we've seen that way too many times over the past few years. Yeah, and I'm seeing more, I mean, I love the job that Thibodeau has done, and I wasn't even planning on talking about him here in the show, but but he has had such a big impact on this team. I fucking love how he... I think for the first time in years, we've heard about accountability and, and you know, player, coaches wanting to hold their players accountable. But I think for the first time, we're actually seeing it. Thibodeau, if he sees that something isn't working, he doesn't care if like Obi Toppin just checked into the game and has played 57 seconds in his first game in weeks. He just pulls you out if he doesn't think it's working. If he, if he sees... It doesn't matter who you are. He loves, he's a big Alfred fan. But if it's not work for him, he takes him out and puts quickly in and we'll leave him in. You know, he's not fucking playing any favorites right now. Yep. He's playing the guys who are playing the, the hardest. And 
He's playing whoever is helping the team function better on the court at the time. There's no favor. He's not playing quickly against Orlando just because he had a great game against Boston. You know, today, while it might bother a lot of Knicks fans, team was playing better with Alfred in, you know? And it goes against everything that your common sense probably tells you because of how well quickly he's been playing. He even scored 11 quick points in the in the first half against Orlando. But in the second half, when quickly went in, it wasn't working as well. Alfred went back in and basically finished the game. He's not, he's, he's just going game by game, minute by minute, playing who he thinks is the best at that moment. And I appreciate that. And one, one more, you know, tipping of the hat to Alfred. He had the probably the highlight of the game today. Ooh, that dunk. Oh, that dunk. Yeah. The round the back crossover and one-handed slam. We said RJ was in a funk, you know. Um, Knox, you could maybe say, is in a little bit of a funk right now. Someone who's been in a funk a while, who I think we need to, which I think we need to address is Ian Begley. All right, guys, he- Oh, I thought you were going to say Austin Rivers. <laughs> no, no. Just, you, you threw me off there. Let's give Austin a break here. Ian Begley, guys, he's he's been struggling ever since he almost died on those potato chips. Um, he's been struggling. He can't even get questions out now. All right, listen to this clip. This was actually a question. Well, I mean, it was supposed to be a question for R.J. Barrett. I'd probably, I'd probably equate this to like when Mitchell Robinson put up that free throw and it bounced off the front of the rim. Yeah, I think it's way worse than that. Last question comes from Ian Bagley, SNY. Sorry, I didn't know I had my hand up. <laughs> I told you he is the Chuck Knobloch of Knicks beat reporters. That's what it is. And let me tell you, we did our last we did our last podcast, right? And we got this voicemail after it. Listen to this. Hey guys, it's Brandon in Long Island again. Um, I was just calling. I just finished listening to the latest podcast, and I was I wanted to bring you something up. I'm pretty disappointed. Uh, Craig, you missed out. Ian Begley, uh, I don't know if you heard, but they were having uh, media availability with Mitch the other day, and he basically died. He choked on a potato chip because uh, he, he there was just a long pause, and then they go, uh, he put his hand down. And that, I don't know. I, I thought you would have been all over that. So Brandon sent me that clip on Twitter, and I watched the clip, and I can't find it now. I don't know what happened. I don't know if... Twitter banned Brandon for some sort of reason, but I can't find it. But he asked, the same thing happened that happened with RJ, where they went to Begley and there was just silence. Same thing happened for a question with Mitch. Same exact thing. And then they just said, you know, I guess he put his hand down. Or, oh, I'm sorry, they put he put his hand down. He can't get the fucking questions out. Ian, I know that we're getting in your, like, it's probably us getting in his head, right? Is it I'm us? sure. He's probably waiting. Be. He probably can't wait for the show to come out to see what we said about the most recent thing that occurred. Begley has not been able to ask a question of any Nick in weeks <laughs> because of the choking. I have not heard one. Have you, Jay? No, not not one. Not a single one. <laughs> and what do you think happened? I, on this one, he said, oh, I didn't realize I had my hand up. What do you think is going on over there? His kids are jumping all over him, right? Slamming the keyboard. He, you don't accidentally raise your hand on a Zoom. I don't know what happened there. And it took him like 15 seconds to realize, next question, Ian Begley? Yeah, like it took a while for him to realize that they had even called on him. For, the, for him to realize they called on him to unmute himself and to be like, oh, I didn't realize. He was probably sitting there and he's like looking around, like, I wonder why they call my name. And he's like, oh, because my hand is up. Okay. It's, oh, it's like when know. the teacher calls on you when you're not paying attention. Barry, you know? Barry, you know that it's yeah. not a, you just held up your hand. You know, it's not, they don't hold up their physical hand, right? Oh, is there like a, a button? On yes. The, yeah, there's a button for that? There, yeah, there's, there's a, a button. button. They're not oh, like, like, you're not a, raising uh, your hand like you're in class. Oh, there's like I a, knew fig Barry a figurative <laughs> hand? <laughs> there's like a little hand. When you're yes. on these those you calls, can, there's like a green hand or something. Yeah, you raise your that hand. That you click when you want to ask a question. You're oh, not you going like this. raise though. your hand? No, no. <laughs> That's what I was picturing. You, I was picturing him sitting there thought, with his hand raised. <laughs> That's why it was a lot funnier to me. But basically, Ian somehow pressed the button, which is not an easy button to press. <laughs> no, you literally have to click the reaction button, then click the raise hand button. There's two steps. Every week, because of Ian Begley's connection to chips, we go into some food sponsors, all right? And we got two of them this week. Bear with us. Kansas City Steaks. 
With a new year comes tons of new big games and sports. With big games, you need big stakes. <laughs> Kansas City Stakes has the cuts you crave to celebrate the playoffs and the big game. Visit KansasCitySteaks.com slash game day and save up to $25 on combos perfect for game day. Plus, you get free shipping with code Believe, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout. Try out the snack pack combo featuring small plates with big flavor. Like Jay, Jay, listen to this. Mini beef Wellington burger sliders. Ooh. Mac and cheese melts. Shrimp, this is, this is right for you. Shrimp wrapped in bacon. Yes. That sounds, that sounds delicious. Every order is flash frozen, delivered directly to your home. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Every cut of steak, a mashable, plus appetizers, desserts, barbecue, and so much more. Again, go to KansasCitySteaks.com slash game day. Use code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V at checkout for free shipping. Kansas City Steaks, big games, big taste. And after you eat these steaks, what would be perfect to go with steaks, Jay? Oh, crumb cake, of course. I mean, it's like the perfect combo. There you go. Well, Clarkson Avenue Crumb Cake Company is changing the crumb cake game. And you do not want to miss out on their the final two weeks of their crumb cake of January. Jay, what is it? It's the Happy New Year crumb cake. That's the uh, the regular crumb with the, uh, the classic crumb with the lemon cream cheese filling. Don't just get that. They've got tons of different flavors. These are literally probably not just the best crumb cake you'll ever eat, but one of the best cakes you will ever eat. From holiday gift boxes to regular crumb cakes to their world-famous crumbkins, they even have a crumb cake of the month subscription you can get for three, six, or 12 months. Go to ClarksonAvCrumb.com, use promo code HARDNICKSLIFE for 23% off your order. Like our sponsors would make just a great date night because you shave your balls, right? <laughs> Yes. You you prep. order some steaks, eat those steaks with your with your with your girl. Then you have some crumb cakes, right? And then what else do we have? Can you massage while you're watching a Nick game that CBD you just bet oil? on? I think the C B D oil ad can, is gonna run this week and you can massage. You can, you can massage with that. You can yeah. lube up with that. <laughs> what? What? You can what with that? Hmm? I didn't say anything. I heard you say something. No. Speaking of bacon, you see the guy on the magic, Dwayne Bacon? Yeah. It's a great last name. There was a there was another guy, Bone. Loved when they said talked about Bone. Like, do you think they ever? If he ever gets hot, they they talk about sizzling. You know how the bacon is sizzling. Clyde is very upset that that guy's not on the Knicks. I know for sure. <laughs> He'd have a field day with that. Shaking like bacon. How about the guy that tackled the Gatorade? Oof. That was <laughs> you mean so when Cole funny. Anthony got out of the way. Yeah, like barely got out of the way in time Ennis. and just was tackled Ennis. like two rows of Gatorade. And it's the third. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, he just, his face just barreled through those. Oh my God. The sound was great. The audio, because there were microphones well, right Cole there. Cole Anthony could have tried to like, you know, help, but he, was, he just oh, completely he stepped out of the way. Oh, he would have killed him. <laughs> he got just completely out of the way. You know, he got up and went right back on the court and he was like, nah, nothing happened. But you know, he was in fucking pain. Just trying Dude, to act Tom like Tom Brady happened. didn't take a sack that bad. <laughs> Guys, someone I've been noticing um, these past couple games, he hasn't been putting up huge numbers or anything. Um, actually, the next two guys we're going to talk about haven't. But Obi Toppin is back. He had, a, he had a pretty good game against Boston. 12 points in just 17 minutes. Five rebounds. Hit a couple threes. Had a couple dunks, which was great to see. I know we've been missing that. Uh, against Orlando, he only had two points. Again, only played nine minutes. Um but I'm really excited to see him back. I think that he's about to turn a corner where he plays more consistently and does a lot more than we've been seeing out there. Uh, I just think he needs to they need to get him in the post more with his back to the basket because I think that when he starts with his back to the basket within like 12 to 15 feet from it, and then he either turns and faces up and drives inside. He's he's driven down the lane a couple times, stepped on the on the end line. You can see he's got that quick step. And he can get getting close whenever he wants. I think he's just hanging out too much by the three point line right now. Yeah, there's but a lot of that, and you got to remember, you know, a lot of these other guys have played 15 games with one another. You know, he's still getting his feet wet out there. He's still learning, you know, who he's playing with, and you know, in real game situations. So it'll come. Yeah, he looks a lot better though, in my opinion, than than at the be- the very beginning of the season. You know, a lot more comfortable. Seems in control. He's not forcing anything. He's not forcing up eight three point shots. You know in a game he's not just staying there he's trying to do something 
They just have to get him more involved because he is not effective when he's just standing on the side and no one's getting him the ball or just getting it to him from behind the arc. Jay, have you liked what you've seen from Obi? Are you still a lot of fans? They're 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 saying like he's a bust. I mean, at this t- point, how many games has he played? Four? Has he played three since coming back, or just or is it just the last two? Oh, it's three because there was the one where he played like fifty-seven seconds, right? Yeah. So I mean, he's played. You could say he's played two games. He's, he's played like up. four or five games the whole season. I think you need to give him a little bit. And very, very limited minutes. I don't even know if right. he's at, has have his four games added up to forty-eight minutes even. He's barely played. 24, 25, 35, 42. He's played 51 minutes this season. All right, so just over one game. 51 minutes. But you got to give him a little more time. You can't start calling him a bust yet. You know, let the guy get comfortable. He, it's a, He's essentially in the middle of the second game of his rookie season right now after four preseason games and no summer league. The one guy I've been most impressed with, more impressed than RJ more impressed than Julius, more impressed than Quickly. And people aren't really talking much about him. His 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 stats haven't been huge the past few games, but his effort, his grit, his, his playing through a shit ton of pain. Mitchell Robinson is living up to that savage nickname these past few games, dude. He's taken some hard falls and he's out there playing on like one leg, one knee, one ankle, one arm. How many times has he, how many hard falls did he take against Boston and Cleveland? Like four or five? Where he just fell to the ground. You thought he was done for weeks. That one against, I think it was Boston. It looked like he almost broke his arm when he fell. The one where he uh, went to block the three-point shot? Yes. Or he did block it, I think, right? (laughs) And then like, Somehow fell with his arm twisted. Dude, but he is getting up. He's limping around the court. He's battling. He's battling. And, you know, a lot of people questioned his commitment before the season. Thibodeau, the coaching staff, questioned whether he was committed. People were criticizing him for leaving the Knicks, you know, pretend bubble during the end of last season or not being around for the summer practices, not taking the game seriously. Even even we've questioned him. But I mean, you can't question his his commitment after these past few games. Right, Barry? Have you been impressed with Mitch? Yeah, very impressed with Mitch. Absolutely. Like you said, I mean, just the, the pain he's playing through, uh, the confidence that you know, Tibbs has leaving him out there, even though, you know, he's got Nerlens Noel on the bench. He's got Taj Gibson now that he could throw in there to relieve him. Um, I was impressed that he got the nod today to start, um, you know, that he was able to, um, you know, because he was limping up the court, you know, um, here and there. But he was still able to get in position, uh, able to make plays. His defense has been uh, amazing, you know, light years ahead of where it was last year. Even if he's not racking up all the block numbers, but that's just because he's staying grounded more. He's playing more solid defense. Yeah, it's almost teaching him that he can play and be just as effective when he's not jumping all over the all, all over the place, leaving his feet all the time. Speaking he's of not, blocks, though, do, do, yeah. uh, and sorry to cut you off, but you know, like Miles Turner and him, like or always in the running for like leader in blocks. You see how many blocks Miles Turner is averaging this season? No, four and a half blocks a game. Yeah, I mean, Mitchell's blocks actually are down this year, but back to Mitch, you know, he's he's not relying on his athletic ability these past couple of games, and he's just having to rely on, you know, just just good old-fashioned boxing out and fighting for loose balls and, and pulling boards away from the other team, not because he's jumping over them, but just because of his effort, and he's doing it. You know, he's not putting up huge numbers. He had six points, 10 boards against Orlando, which is actually better than I thought, and 8.7 boards against the Celtics, but really effective out there. And like I said, on one leg, on one knee, with one arm, you know, limping, playing really well. It's interesting, before the game, I think it was before the game against Boston, or maybe maybe the Cleveland game, he had this Instagram post, I'm sure you guys saw, of him shooting during warmups. And he said at the bottom of it, fuck it, it's time to bring it out. Alluding to... Is that right? That's right. Alluding to his three-point shot, right? And it's a big... We all know it's a big topic with Knicks fans. (laughs) Is he just fucking with everybody at this point? He must be, right? Yeah, I think I responded to him or I retweeted and I said, Mitch, I just don't fucking believe you. Sorry. (laughs) If fuck it, it's time... We were in the middle of the five-game losing streak and he says, fuck it, it's time to bring it out. Which is just like... Dude, I'm sorry. I don't believe, (laughs) 
I think he's like us. I think he's like us. He, he like, yeah, I can hit a three, but I'm going to miss 15 of them first. You know, like Mitch can hit some threes, I'm sure. But dude, he can barely hit a shot from five feet away the ba- from the basket. Is it possible that we've got this lethal three-point shooter on no, our team that has no not way. taken one yet in every game he's ever played? He was asked about that question. You guys want to hear it? Sure. He was asked about that question. This was after the Boston win. Hey, Mitch, I, I think you, I saw you tease on it. I guess it was Instagram the other day that you're going to take, you're going to unleash the outside shot finally. Is that yeah. is that something you're still waiting to do? Are you waiting for the opportunity? What's going yeah, on? I'm just I'm waiting on the opportunity. You know what I mean? I'm just going to continue to play my role until it, you know, it presents itself. So when that time comes, it should. You know, I know I can shoot. I ain't tripping all that. At the end there, I don't know if you could hear it. He was wearing a fucking master's muffle, but he said, I know I can shoot. I ain't tripping about that. Well, I mean, if he's waiting for the opportunity, being up by 30 against the Celtics, I mean, that would have been a, you know, a perfect opportunity to take a shot or two. Yeah. And whenever he comes out, you know, to that three-point arc to, you know, where he's basically like just like that pivot person that they pass the ball to and then he passes it to somebody else. He can always turn around and square to the basket because the defender never covers him out that far. <laughs> just, just put one up at some point. There have been a couple of times where he's gotten the ball and he was wide open, like from the wing on the on the three point line, where I've I've seen him like look at it and he always gives it up. And look, and when when I talk about it, I'm sure you're the same way. It's not like I'm looking for him to do this because we need it. I just want to see it. That's all. I just want to see it once. <laughs> right? I'm not. And Mitch, you're probably not listening to this, right? I'm probably not. I mean, I can't imagine. But we love you. Again, you're one of our, like, my favorite players. You're killing it out there. You're doing everything right. But please, I'm begging you, either fucking shoot it from three or shut the fuck up already. Shit or get off the pot. You can't do this to us. Stop it. Stop teasing us. You make us feel like we've got fucking Anthony Davis over here in the closet. (laughs) All right? If you're telling me that you can do what you've been doing the past couple days... Against Boston, Orlando, playing on one leg, one arm, one knee, one ankle, one everything, and you're putting in that effort, and you could also go behind the line and fucking hit threes all game, and you're not doing it. Well, then you're doing a, it's a disservice to us. All right. I mean, we could be winning these games by forty or fifty points if what you're telling us is true. Tell me you've got some hidden fucking superhero ability that you're not shooting out there, that you're not even attempting it. This is fucking bullshit, guys. I'm all riled up. Just stop. It can't be true. Just and if it's fucking true, fucking do it. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. You can either you can either shoot threes like Anthony Davis or you can't. I mean, is this it's it's fucking it's getting to a point where it's wrong. You're Instagramming. What do they call it when you Instagram? What do what do they fucking say? You're not tweeting. You're you're just it's just a post, isn't it? There's got to be a fucking word for it to make it a little easier for me. Gramming. Gramming. I don't know. I just threw that out there. Instagramming, insta-ing. What's the fucking word? <laughs> insta-ing. Insta-ing. When you're out there, insta-ing. Fuck it. We're, we're, we lost five in a row. Fuck it. It's time to bring it out. And then you don't fucking bring it out the next game. Yeah. That's we don't fucking annoying. <laughs> we don't believe you. It's fucking annoying. We may annoying. have been born at night, but we weren't born last night. Fuck it. It's time to bring it out. That's like Blandy at the start of this fucking podcast. When I say the fans want to see Blanderson motherfucking Hooper, and he's like, fuck it, it's time to bring it out, and he doesn't say shit for the rest of the show. (laughs) And then I'm just my normal self. (laughs) (laughs) Every week, Blandy's going to be like, guys, this is the week, I'm bringing it out. I should do that, I should tease that on on Twitter or something. Why why don't you do that, a post on Twitter? (laughs) Why don't you open up a fucking Instagram account? Do you have one? A Blandy Hooper? Yeah. Not a Blandy Hooper one, oh, no. Do a Blandy Hooper one just for the sake of saying, fuck, fuck it, it, it's time to bring it out. And then you need a picture of you just showing some sort of fucking emotion in it. Yeah, like spitting into your mic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spits flying. Exactly. Like pointing and spitting, kind of like what I look like the whole show. <laughs> right. Well, this is your fucking time to shine, Blandy, all right? Because you all hear that fucking music. And he's going to, fuck it, Brandy, fuck it, Brandy, fuck it, Blandy. <laughs> Just fucking bring it, all right? Guys, all right. it is time for Blandy and the news. 
Presented by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code HARDNIXLIFE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use promo code HARDNIXLIFE. Your balls will thank you. And by the way, we apologize for being such sluts in this in this uh, podcast with the ads. But uh, times are tough. Right, Blandy? You do what you got to do. Do what you yeah. got to do. All right. Give it to us. And fucking bring it, Blandy. Bring it. All right. So uh, first off, just a, a COVID update. Um, there have been a slew of postponements over the last couple of days. Uh, Philly and OKC were postponed on Sunday. Uh, the Wizards-Hornets game for tomorrow. No, sorry, for Wednesday has already been postponed. Uh, the Wizards are are down to six healthy players. Did you see this? That today they had a seventh player test positive and a member of the staff. They have now had their last five games postponed. It's been 15 wow. postponements all year with the NBA. You know, we talked last week about them cracking down and, and instituting stricter protocols. And I mean, there have been some horrible outbreaks in some games. Although I don't know if you saw George Hill wasn't particularly pleased with the new protocols and said if, if they have to be that strict... If it's that serious, then they shouldn't even be playing basketball. And what are the yeah. new, what are, what are the protocols he's upset about? Remember we talked about like um, what you know, wearing your mask or on the bench, not hugging after the game, or you know uh, shaking hands, those kinds of things. Uh, not being allowed to see anybody. I don't think they're allowed to have anybody in their room, non-family member, not in their room uh, at this point. Like if they're on the road, which is weird that they were allowed to beforehand. I mean, but- before COVID. Or you mean before no, these new be, regulations? Before these new protocols. Right. I mean, that means they could have been bringing who knows what, you know, women or random people that they just met up to their hotel rooms. Yeah, you know George Hill's just upset because they can't do that, right? So, I mean, I assume half the fun of being in the NBA is to be able to do that. Oh, yeah. What, picking up groupies? <laughs> if you have to go- Different if, cities? If these players yeah. have to go the whole season and you can't bring, like you're going to cities and you can't bring groupies back to your hotel, is that half of the fun? For the young guys, I'm sure. It's got to be. For all the guys. Um, <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns tested positive. Uh, that's a pretty big deal just because his mother died from COVID. And uh, supposedly last, he last had, year had a bunch of, a bunch a bunch of family, family members too. Yeah. yeah, like four or five. I was actually so. surprised. Like it sucks that he came down with tested positive, but I was surprised that he hadn't already because of um, how many in his family actually passed away from it. I can't remember if it was, I saw somewhere he told like his niece, I don't know if it was nieces or nephews or cousins or whatever, not to worry about him, that he wasn't going, that he didn't plan on dying. So I mean, that's, that's pretty rough. Did you see this Kevin Porter Jr. story in Cleveland? Yes. So Kevin Porter Jr. is probably going to either be released or, or traded. I guess uh, his locker was reassigned to Torian Prince after the deal with the Rockets and the Nets. Which apparently was done based on uh, seniority and COVID protocols, and he went nuts, thrown food, um, <laughs> got into a screaming match with uh, JB Bickerstaff. I think he was screaming at the the GM also, and supposedly made some kind of comment about it being sort of like modern day slavery. Oh boy! Which is you know, I was going to say that I wouldn't mind taking a flyer on him, but. I don't know if he's in there talking about modern day slavery. Right, exactly. If you're talking about your locker being moved and and you're bringing up slavery, that's not gonna that's gonna not work. But yeah, he had like a I don't melted. understand though why they had to give him his locker though. In all fairness to Kevin Porter Jr., I guess because they, like I said, they were doing it based on seniority, NBA experience, and so they moved. They also moved him supposedly with like. The end of the bench, younger guys who don't yeah. get a lot of playing time, and they try to keep in the guys who do get playing time together. I mean, listen, he got he he was arrested. What did he? Do? He flipped his car back in November and was in trouble for that. Like, so he this is not the first time they, they've had incidents with him in the past. And I guess you know, I guess he just felt disrespected. But you know what team he'd fit really well with? Fit in really well with Brooklyn the Nets. Yeah, yeah. perfect. I, I could see that. Uh, speaking of the Nets, I know obviously this happened in. You know, last week, but the Nets picking up uh, Harden, but uh, one of the key parts of that was Karis LeVert. And I don't know if you saw the physical yeah, with the Cavs showed that he had a, a mass on his kidney. So it'll be at least six to eight weeks before he probably steps back on 
the court. How does that not, how does that trade not get sort of like reevaluated by the NBA? Doesn't that, that right, came isn't that up like part of physical. the whole point of the physicals? Well, they revi- they did revise the trade. So what they have to get in addition? Brooklyn Brooklyn gave the Pacers like two and a half million bucks or something like that. Doesn't seem to make up for eight weeks minus. Well, no, I I mean, uh, especially when you consider future star player. Um, speaking of the Nets, Kyrie is expected back on Wednesday. Sure, but who the right. hell knows? It's Kyrie. <laughs> Are there odds on that? <sighs> yeah, he's expected back. Guy. You know, and then at some point he might. Not be bad. He might leave again. It's fucking crazy. That Nets team is either going to be unstoppable or it's going to be a fucking disaster. I honestly think they're better off if he would never came back. Well, who knows? I mean, you got to see. We haven't seen that product on the court. Oh, come yet. on. It's it, They're better off with just Harden and Durant. The only thing Kyrie can do is bring that whole thing down. You think Kyrie's going to make them better? I, I don't know, Craig. I mean, I still like my odds. I have them winning the East. I still like those odds. They'll probably win the East if it was just Harden and Durant, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But there's less chance of it imploding when Kyrie's not there. Dude, He's got. He's he hasn't played with the team in weeks, and he's fucking going to birthday parties. Like, the team can't like him. Off. <laughs> they have to fucking hate him at this point. How do you not hate him? Well, they You're, traded you... away most of the guys that had been there. You know, there's no more Jared Allen, no more Torian Prince, no more Dinwiddie, no more... Well, Dinwiddie's there, but he's hurt. I mean, no more Levert. No more Levert. It is exactly why everything... And this isn't a fucking Brooklyn Nets podcast, so we don't have to talk about this forever. But it is exactly why it didn't work with Boston, is because he he gradually... There gradually grew this hatred between him and the the, the rest of the, the team. younger players, yeah. yeah, because they did better when he wasn't there. Yeah, well, he was fined $50,000 for going to that party, and he loses about... I think like four hundred grand for the games think, that he's missing. I heard like eight hundred something thousand. How much? Over eight hundred grand he lost. Last, this is the last story. Uh, other players that we hate. So uh, did you see KP is back three games so far. Was this like he's in averaging... every fucking news news right now? Past <laughs> three. KP watch. Yeah, because uh, I know I know how much Craig hates him. Can we get uh, some he... for the KP watch? Can we get some really shitty Latvian music every week? For the next, one. if you'd like, I could, <laughs> I could do that. I don't, I don't know what that'll sound like, but um, I don't either. But it's got a Latvian music has to be fucking bad, so I just think it'll be funny <laughs> either way. All right. Well, he's averaging seventeen and seven over the first three games. Okay. Well, that makes it sound a lot better than he's it playing. Twenty three and ten, right? <laughs> Not like our boy Randall, oh, right? Let me pull up his stats because I know they're not as good as you're making them sound. He's averaging and seven. 17 and seven. He's shooting 26% from three, 39% from the field. And his player efficiency rating is a 12 and a half. All those numbers are fucking awful for Chris Stapps. I'll just say that. And current Mavs record? Six and seven now. They lost to Toronto by 23 points tonight. Oh, wow. KP had a pretty good game, 23 and nine, but hey. The L is the more important thing. Right now, Dallas, guys, six and seven in the lottery. We were in the lottery with Dallas's pick. 12th in the league. 12th pick. Fucking great news. All right, Jay, anything else here? No, that's it. That's the way. The basketball bounces. Well, Jay, you fucking brought it, all right? You guys want to hear some Twitter questions or voicemails first? All right, there you go. Twitter <laughs> questions. Nbalk7 says, how long before IQ gets more minutes? We need him out there. Yes, he is raw, but he is exciting and offers so much to the team. It can't happen soon enough, I feel like. I mean, he hasn't done anything to, you know, to get his minutes reduced. They should only be upgraded. You know, again, it may be a while before we see him inserted into the starting lineup, if at all, but his minutes should definitely go up. And then it's probably going to be a game-by-game basis as far as if he's left in the game or if he's not left in the game, you know, if Tibbs feels like he has it or not. He has a little bit more of a history um, just in, in years in the league looking at Peyton where maybe he just feels more comfortable at this point, you know. Uh, if he thinks Q doesn't have it. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get consistently big minutes until he clearly, after a a long stretch of games, is showing that he's consistently the best point guard on the team. I think he's shown it in spurts here, but they've got Austin Rivers, they've Alfred Payton, they've Emmanuel Quickly. They got three guys that Thibodeau likes 
Um, so I think the minutes are going to get split between the three of them until quickly puts up like fucking like 10 games where he's out there and it's clear that he's the better person. I think he's going to like Thibodeau is just going to be going with whichever point guard is working best for that game. It's going to be a game by game basis until then. He's not going to get like RJ Barrett, 38 plus minutes a game, a, a game guaranteed until he supplants those other two guys. Yeah. And Tibbs might like the size of Peyton against certain point guards that they're playing against too. You know, it may yeah, just absolutely. be simply defensive purposes. Uh, Nick's Illustrated asks, how would you all feel about an Oladipo trade? Huh, I mean, Victor Oladipo, he's, he was just traded. So I don't even know when he could get traded again. I guess maybe at the trade deadline, right? Right. It's got to wait a little bit, but uh, I mean, certainly that's not where he wants to be. Um, you know, everything had been pointing to Miami for a long time. He's made it clear that that's where he wants to go to. Um, as far as the Knicks interest, if that you know, if Miami wasn't in the picture, I don't love it. Um, you know, he's got an injury history there. Um, it took him a long time. Obviously, he did develop into a good player, but yeah, you know, I'm not in love with him. There's other guys out there that I would sooner see on this team for for that would probably make the same amount of money that he's going to be uh, dictating. Yeah, I mean, we're we're obviously desperate for a shooting guard, right? And another guy who can shoot. Um, Old Depot, I think, fits in well, but he's an unrestricted free agent after this year. I, I can't see it. I wouldn't give up any assets to get him because chances are he's going to leave. And I think that for a player like him, you're going to have to give up assets. No one's going to just dump him. Those kind of contracts that are becoming unrestricted free agents are actually pretty valuable to teams. Um, but I wouldn't give up assets for him, even though I'm desperate for... I'm desperate for a shooting guard. I think Alec Burks, when he comes back, will help a lot with that. Um, I'd be much more interested in trying to trade for someone like Bradley Beal. You're going to have to give up a lot more oh, for Bradley Beal. Oh, you though, would have probably, to give up. Think? They'd probably have to give up their their first round pick this year. He's Another averaging like 60 one. points a game this season, Bradley Beal. I mean, he's having a great season. He can't get on the court, though, because his games keep getting postponed and canceled. <laughs> so, yeah, if he wants to play ball this season, maybe he will come to. It's 2021. People can acquire self-driving cars, eat burgers made out of plants, even fly to space in rocket ships if they have the money for it. So if you could do all this futuristic stuff today, the very least your phone could do is download entertainment in a flash. For that, you should get AT&T 5G. AT&T 5G is fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Want to make sure your phone service keeps up with what you need from it? Get AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan or device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. The next. Got a couple of voicemails after the win today. Craig, Barry, G, Dave from Scotland here. How's it going, boys? Well, thank fuck for that. Well, Blandy just <laughs> spermed in his pants. It's good, like you're thank fucking... Thank fuck for that. <laughs> it's it's got to be your... Like, right when you heard Derek's accent, you lit up. That was a rock fight, but... It was a good win, regardless, because a win is a win. And what a great weekend for Nick fans in Europe. You able to enjoy games without having to stay up till three in the morning. But the West Coast trip coming up, that's over. So it's back to watching it on delay. All the best, boys. I could figure out like 40% of what he just said. Barry's Come just there. That was none of that was you, tough. You got it all? I didn't. Yeah, none of that was hard. <laughs> he said it was a great weekend, especially for the European fans, because the game started at one. So that meant what? They were on six or seven over there? Sometime like that instead of, you know, three o'clock in the morning? Let's go, Knicks. Let's go, Knicks. Let's go, Knicks. I'm sorry, but like, come the fuck on. Seriously. This team is turning shit around. Culture is something that has been brought up year after year after fucking year. That's because that shit had to change. It's a really easy word to use, but that shit is actually fucking changing now. It's easy to see. Guys are on the floor. They're playing for each other. They're happy as fuck for each other. You're seeing shit happen on and off the court. Let's go. I'm so, like, let's fucking go. Competent fucking basketball. Can't get enough. Let's go, Knicks. Same caller. I'll just play his back-to-back because he called back-to-back. The coaching staff. I want to talk about the coaching staff after my last drunken, happy message. Seriously. Uh, you can just see, you can see the impact from the coaching staff on this team. It's the exact, almost the exact same fucking team as last year, and yet they are playing harder and with more purpose. 
it's the most simplistic fucking implementation that a, a, an organization can have on a team. It's just basic philosophy and basic fucking basketball that they are playing together, and it's from this coaching staff. It was the biggest addition of the offseason besides all the firings and hirings that they did with the front office. It's the coaching staff. Appreciate that shit. Look forward to that shit going forward. More talent that they build on top. Like they, that. It's finally a fucking basketball team. All right. Craig, can I ask a controversial question? Sure. Amongst Knicks fans. Uh, so obviously Thibodeau and his coaching staff gets a lot of credit, right? Is that the controversial no, no, question? No, 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 no. I'm getting there. Yes. Uh, right? Okay. <laughs> And Leon Rose gets a lot of credit, oh boy, right? Here we go. Because he fucking hired them, correct? Whatever you're going to fucking say about Scott Perry or Steve Mills right now, I'm no. going to say no. Who hired Leon Rose? Dolan. Oh, here and yet, we go. And yet nobody oh, come on. will even give like a one little thing. They're, they're quick to criticize, you know, because of what he's done to this organization over the last 20 years. But he is the one that put Leon Rose in his position. Give the guy a little credit for once. I'm not saying to send the guy a bouquet of flowers, but just utter the words, thank you, maybe. I don't hate it. I just don't like it at all. And I, it's terrible. <laughs> how can you... How can Listen, you, you, can, you can give Dolan a little credit. I'm the biggest... I don't like people who just hate on Dolan. But I'm not going to, like... I'm not going to... Knicks fans are not going to be I praising people, Dolan this year because dude, all of us... Because finally he hired a competent executive and didn't just keep promoting fucking Steve Mills. We're gonna, but if you're going to fault the guy for every bad hire he makes, you got to give him credit for a good hire. I mean, people are sucking Leon Rose's dick every week. Because Leon Rose is doing it. You can't... You gotta I understand, give, you but it's because of Dolan that put in there. And Dolan gave him the, the credit. Dolan gave him the job. And Dolan has given a lot of people jobs that have fucking failed miserably. So Dolan's batting what? Under 100. He's definitely under the Mendoza line, that's for sure. <laughs> What's that uh, saying that even a broken clock is correct twice a day? Yeah. I mean. But but he might have hired Leon Rose, but then Leon has hired like fucking 45 people under him. All right. Yes. So we don't know that just hiring. I mean, yeah, you can give him credit for hiring Leon, but Leon is putting all the other pieces in place. Oh, yes. I mean, right? look, the order of credit should go that way. Yeah, I Absolutely, Leon Rose gets you know a ton of credit. I thought Tibbs you were going to start giving tons uh, of credit. I thought you were going to start giving like uh, Scott Perry and Steve Mills credit. No, but I mean the the last caller was right. And thank you for calling. I don't even recognize. I don't know if that was a new caller or if they if oh. their voice is just <laughs> different. The last call. when did he call in? After what game? This game, the game against the Magic. So he was either talking about his drunk his drunk phone call. His guys yeah, fucking no, trashed at three two in the, the afternoon, afternoon on MLK Day. Are you gonna judge? What do no. you what, no. listen? But like he like, like he said, it's the same. Like the, you look at the main players for today against the Magic, the guys who got most of the minutes: Julius Randle, R, uh, Reggie Bullock, Mitchell Robinson, Alfred Payton, and R.J. Barrett. They were all on the fucking team last season. What's different? It's the mindset. It's the coaching. It's the the development. It's the the defense. And remember, with the past few years, the running joke is they would just bring the ball up and then. They would just like hand it off to Randall at the top of the key or someone else. The point yeah. guard always lost the ball. But now they're you're seeing them rotate offensively, move without the ball. They're active. It's just, it's not complicated, but there's a lot more going on. They look like an actual NBA team out there. And you're seeing di different looks from them too. It's not always the same thing. Right, it's not same always thing the same handoff to the same yeah. guy, the same run. I mean, there was B Bullock and uh, Randall had like a back and forth exchange um, in this game, passing it back and forth, and then there was like a backdoor cut, and he made an easy layup. What a fucking weekend. What a weekend. Two in a row. The Knicks are back. We're fucking back. We were back, and we sucked, and now we're back again. Seven and eight on the season, guys. It's not bad. It's not too shabby. Remember, you can reach out to us. It's a hardnickslife at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at hardnickslife. Barry, at Barry Dworkin. And Jay, at Blandy Hooper. And remember, as always, 24-7, you can call us with whatever problems you want to talk about. That's right. 516-33-MESH-1. We're looking for some late-night phone calls on uh, Thursday night, Friday night on this West Coast trip. Some pillow talk onto the voicemails. Any time of day, guys. Barry is quarantined in his house. He's got nothing he can't, to do. He's got nothing to do, no one to talk to. You call the voicemail. I know I'm the one that listens to it, but I will send it right to Barry. You want to just send him some get well messages or anything? This is the week. 
And I'll tell you what, it's a perfect next week for me to get COVID between the two day games and then the West Coast trip where I don't have to worry about waking up early. Like the perfect time for COVID. Remember, wherever you listen, uh, please subscribe, leave us some five-star ratings and or positive reviews. And Jay, what is the upcoming Knicks schedule? Sorry, Barry. Uh, Thursday, they are at Golden State and Friday, they are at Sacramento. Barry, what are you going to do for the next three days? Because there's no Knicks for three days now. No, there's no Knicks for three days. Uh, my wife will probably just continue to be pissed off at me about one thing or another. Is she pissed off that you brought COVID into the home? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I'm sure she. Now is. she's got a. You know, she's a teacher, so she's got a quarantine, but she still has to. But she's got to teach remotely now. You know, from home. So oh, is really? she they're having her do is that? Is she upset yeah, about? Do is she upset about doing that? Because it seems like Jay, when you came, when you had to quarantine, I know when I did it, it wasn't. It was great. You get to sleep late. Yeah, no but, traffic. But it's different. She feels like a prisoner in her own house because she's got to avoid me. I've got a couple of quarantine areas where I'm staying. <laughs> and she has to feel like she, you know, she's got to walk on eggshells and watch where and she, she goes. And she has to do everything house. with the kids now. Not you. See, it was different anything. for you, Jay, because you guys were all just quarantining together. That's it's, right. None of us actually had it. Right. So the three of them have to like basically stay away from me. It's a fucking vacation for you, Barry. <laughs> it is. As long as you keep breathing, you know. As long as I keep breathing, <laughs> don't have symptoms. Jeez. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate that situation. All right, guys, until next time, it is a hard Nick's life. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.